today on Movie Wireless, we talk about Amsterdam and the greatest beer run ever. It's time for Movie Wallers. Hi, this is Joe. Hi, it's Rashmi. And Yazdi as well. Movie Wallers is your weekly dose of film reviews, movie news and general banter in theatres, on DVD, online streaming or in the back of an airplane. If you love the movies, this show is for you. Hello, hello. Hello. Greetings and felicitations. Fourth quarter. Yeah. Busy movie time. That's right. We had three screenings last week. Yep. Um, I think we have the same again this week. And yes. so, yeah, as always, we, we grumble about this every year, but it's starting the end of year run, so it's going to get busy. Yes. And we'll, we'll be watching lots and lots of things coming up. So it's always a fun time. I like, I like fourth quarter because of the movies that kind of come out. I hate that they're crammed into the fourth quarter, but it's super fun. I feel like we're getting a few more earlier now. Yeah. Uh, a good way I like to think about it is because I use Letterboxd to kind of document which movies I watch during the year. It seems to me every year, up until this time point, as many movies as I see, I have seen, I watch exactly the same in the last three months. So I almost have to double up what I've seen up to now because I know in the next three months we're going to be seeing, you know, nine months worth of films. <laughs> yeah, yeah so, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like theatres are coming back, though. Mm-hmm. I've been in a couple of crowded theatres. Mm-hmm. And um, that's my happy place. There are things that I have seen in theatres that... And in fact, today, um, one of the movies we're talking about is uh, a streaming movie on Apple TV+, Plus, which is the greatest beer on ever. And um, I feel very privileged that we got to see that in a theatre because mm-hmm. it's not getting a general release, if I'm to understand correctly. I think it's going straight to streaming. So... Um, yeah, again, you know, I uh, always encourage people to go out to to see movies in theatres, and I'm glad to see it's coming back. Hopefully enough time to save some of our favourite movie theatre chains, because I think it's been a struggle for them. We lost Arclight here in San Diego. I lament the loss of Arclight. Yes, but at least it's not sitting empty. Uh, AMC swooped in, and now their AMC is showing movies there, so... Yeah, yeah, no, you're, you're small, right. Small mercies. Although AMC doesn't pride themselves in the same way that Arclight did. Well, uh, um, yeah, I don't know. Arc- Arclight had a special place in my heart because A, no ads, a uh, couple of trailers, and pristine uh, image quality. Yeah, and Arclight famously, I don't know how true it was, but at least they claimed that before every movie was shown, they would sit down with the filmmakers and get the specifics of exactly how they want that movie shown, how much brightness, what screen, whatever, and then all of their theaters would show it with exactly how the filmmaker wanted that film to be screened. Whereas any other movie shown at Arclight or Reading or whatever, nobody has any control, you know, whatever the theater wants to, you know, yeah. however they want and to screen And we've always it. complained about bad lighting and yeah. lack of bulbs well, and... AMC famously has been accused over the years of trying to get more life out of projectors, mm-hmm. uh, bulbs, and the bulbs are actually surprisingly expensive. They're thousands of dollars. So the more screenings you can make them last, uh, the more 
um, margin you, I guess you have to run the theater. Uh, and so they turn them down to get longer life. And that, that can be very frustrating when you see a movie with, you know, very muddy image quality because you lose all the contrast and, um, and uh, that, that's upsetting to me. Some people don't care about that, but it, it, Arclight really did. And, you know, I appreciated that. Yeah, AMC has to make up for the million dollars they pay Nicole Kidman to be in that horrible... <laughs> yeah, the horrible ad. The horrible ad for AMC, yeah. which keeps showing up before every movie you watch there. I know. Anyway. I don't buy any of it. It's terrible. Yeah. And yeah. All right. So, uh, we've got some uh, streaming oh, picks again. Oh, yes. yes. So, um, this is our segment. I can't, I can't find, find anything, anything to watch, to watch on, on BOD. BOD. Why don't the two of you kick off with a couple of streaming picks? Yes, yeah, so you can go first. Sure. So I will give you a couple screening picks. One is that um, the Emmys were on uh, just what last last Sunday, I believe the Emmy, the Emmy Awards were there, and um, unexpectedly, Quinta Brunson won Best Script for Abbott, Ele- Abbott Elementary, um, and it all's cheap. And then, of course, Best Supporting Actress also went to Abbott Elementary. So I just want to remind everybody: if you haven't jumped on the Abbott Elementary bandwagon yet now's your time the entire first season is on hulu um and then for the se- the second season has started and as soon as abc airs it the the shows appear the next day on hulu and i literally wait for the next day to watch it it's a sweet unassuming um it reminds me of the office only set in a school instead oh. in, a, in an uh, underfunded school where everybody's trying to make do with very little so it has a very good heart of this group of teachers who you know they want they want to do the best and you know the politics of the school doesn't allow them to do much and they do their best and um it's a lovely lovely show it just makes me happy so abbott elementary on hulu and mine is a cute little movie that came out this year um called wedding season oh, that um, was gonna be i was gonna was that gonna be yes, yours I wrote wedding season oh. and then i changed to abbott yeah you must watch yeah, it's really cute little movie and it's about two characters called asha and ravi who agree to fake a relationship to make it through a summer of wedding season um in new jersey i think that it's set set in new jersey it's a really cute movie it's um it's got a really, really good heart. It's very predictable. Um, but, you know, predictable doesn't make it bad. So, cute little movie. An hour and 37 minutes. Very sweet. Very funny. It's good-looking people doing silly things in a romantic comedy, which yeah. you know for sure everything's going to turn exactly. out well. But you go through the motions because it's so good-natured. Yeah. And um, the actors are so sweet everything yeah. is artificial but correct but it's a fun to it's yeah. fun to especially if you like romantic comedies yeah you could do far worse yeah super fun um mine is going to be one that will never appear on either of your lists uh, and it's a documentary called The Alchemist Chris Nolan's <laughs> breakfast <laughs> yes. breakfast Chris menu e- Chris, Chris Nolan eating cereal the documentary we are so bad <laughs> we are so bad I feel is so that it Joe? I feel so bullied available on feel, Amazon I'm, Prime I'm like why are you always picking on me? <laughs> no we are picking on Chris Nolan you're ganging up on my uh, my sycophant nature yes. when it comes to Chris, Chris Nolan no it's a documentary documentary called The Alpinist. Uh, I believe it was released last year uh, to, to much acclaim, actually. Um, and I, I've, I have this unhealthy, I guess, uh, relationship with mountaineering in that I'm fascinated by it. Um, I, I think there's a, a part of me that would love to do it, but knows that that, um, that 
that opportunity in life is has gone 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 away from me uh, due to age. But um, this uh, documentary follows a Canadian, twenty um, three year old Canadian, who has made uh, some of the boldest solo ascents in history. Um, this is if you uh, saw a movie a year in the last year or two, Free Solo. Free Alex solo. Honnold is known for free solo climbing. He he he, you know, the, very famously uh, had that that movie last year. I think it was an Oscar nominated. Uh, maybe it won the Oscar too. Maybe even won Oscar for best director uh, documentary. Um, it's a movie very much in the same vein, but it follows a different young man uh, who Alex Honnold holds in like amazing uh, in high esteem in terms of how um, uh, just just how fearlessly uh, this 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 young person climbed. So um, Mark Andre Leclerc is his name, and um, it's just a fascinating look into the personality uh, and um, life of somebody, I guess, who uh, is you know had, who, who pushed some of the boundaries of, of free solo climbing. Um, great documentary um I, i would say you know it's worth 90 minutes of your time on netflix if you have any interest in this subject matter at all so uh, if you're into that kind of thing check it out the alpinist and it's on netflix netflix yep okay uh, yeah i watched it while rashmi was out of town a couple of weeks ago and um it, it it was it was gripping i mean it, it it was gripping to the extent that i would recommend you to watch it Rashmi, oh my but, god joe uh, i don't like those it, type it, of it, documentaries it is one of those kind of heart in your mouth type <laughs> yeah moments. And it, it's, a, it's actually, it's very emotionally powerful for reasons I won't get into. All right, so our picks are, Yazdi? My pick was Abbott Elementary. On? On Hulu. Rashmi? Wedding Season on Netflix. And mine was The Alpinist, also on Netflix. All right. Movie time. So let's talk about our two movies. We have Amsterdam and The Greatest Beer Run Ever. Should we tackle them in that order? Yes. Let's take it away. Okay, so I have the introduction to Amsterdam. So this is um, this year's entry by David O. Russell. So you either love or hate David O. Russell, I feel generally. Um, but this is three close friends find themselves at the center of one of the most secret plots in American history. Um, like I said, directed and written by David O. Russell. And, you know, stars his muse, I think, Christian Bale, um, but also stars Margot Robbie, John David Washington, Chris Rock, uh, uh, and Taylor Joy, Zoe Saldana's in this, and a whole host of others. Um, so, um, period, it's a period drama, if I didn't say that already. Um, Joe, why don't you start us off? What did you think of Amsterdam? So, just before we started recording, you may have heard me yelp. Um, I yelped because I pulled up the Rotten Tomatoes page for Amsterdam and, and saw its saw its review uh, score, which, you know, it's 33% currently. Well, to be fair, it hasn't, op you know, it, it hasn't opened yet, right? So Correct. So, that, not everybody has that, had a chance That's the critic review. score, and it's based on 15 reviews. So, oh, okay. there will be there will be many more reviews to come, which may, may adjust that. But I was like, oh! What? Um, so here's what I'll say. Um, I'm not the biggest David O. Russell fan, although I loved Silver Linings Playbook. I don't know that anyone didn't love Silver Linings Playbook. Well, it won it won Oscars. Yeah, correct. Yeah. But uh, I've always felt that his movies since then, and you know, American Hustle in particular, were. Um, I think the two of you liked that one. I loved it. I loved it. Yes, you didn't. You didn't. Rubbed me up the wrong way. It was too much of a lark. This movie isn't a lark. I think it takes it takes the job of telling its story very seriously and I think that's the movie's biggest flaw it takes 
the job of telling this story so seriously that it all becomes very talky and muddled. And so I found this movie really, really hard to struggle through. Um, it didn't, uh, I think everything that it did for me, it did in the last 10 minutes where I kind of got what it was about. But up until that point, I was taking a snooze here and there. And not because of the cast. I think the cast did a fine job. I think everyone's in here. They're, they're doing really well. But um, this was this. Yeah, I, I, I yelped because I, I realized I was not alone. And I thought, you know, being David O. Russell, everyone was going to love this thing. So, um, yeah. Okay. Yes, D. So the most fun I had during this movie was writing down notes of every new actor that I saw on the screen pop up. I mean, right. this movie has Everyone. an embarrassment of riches. So yeah. it's got, you know, obviously Margot Robbie and Christian Bale, but it's also got Taylor Swift in a small role. It's got Chris Rock. It's got John David Washington. It's got Zoe Saldana, as you said. It's got Andrea Riseborough. It's got Robert De Niro, Anya Taylor-Joy, Rami Malek is here. Uh... Alexander Nivola. I mean, I just kept writing like, oh Mike my God. Mike Myers, Michael Shannon, Mike Myers Timothy Oliphant, Matthias Schoenhardt. Yeah, Matthias Schoenhardt. So there's so many, like 20 good actors. Each of these actors have independently made wonderful films, just single-handedly. But alas, that was the only fun I had in this movie. I, <laughs> I think the 33% score is a good score for this. I think this movie is going to do really poorly. I, or maybe I just was having a bad evening and I was... It didn't help that we were in a screening theater for press where there was no air and there was no air conditioning. So I too fell asleep. And I, I at some level, blamed the movie as well because I think, you know, it's, I, I see what he's trying to do. I mean, it's, you know, it's set at a particular time in American history and he's trying to tell the story of corruption, which is based on some truth. Apparently, something like this happened. But everybody talks in a way that nobody in real life seems to talk. Everything seems a little arch and artificial. Um, you know, Margot Robbie and Christian Bale are both excellent. And with, with the exception of those two, everybody else is completely wasted. And what is Robert De Niro doing there? What is Anya Taylor-Joy doing? You know, all of Rami Malek, what are they doing there? So I think on paper, this must have looked very good. You know, I actually think this may be his last hurrah because he you know he's had some personal issues uh david or russell because of which he's got a pretty bu public beating as well so um i this was not for me i didn't care for this movie at all sorry i'm in the same camp as you guys um i think it's a overcomplicated movie that if you just took the time not to be so precious and twee it could have actually been quite an interesting look at the lead up to World War II, which is where I think it was going. Mm -hmm. So I think what it's trying to tell the story of is, you know, there were a lot of corrupt people in the U.S. who were um, wanting, you know, who were, who were encouraging divisiveness and um, movement and discord in the US, which is actually very relevant to what's going on today. So it's actually a very relevant story, I think. But it's so it's so buried under its own desire to be over, right? It's everything is overdone. It's so complicated. I too had a snooze. And again, I can't say as it was just everything to do with the, you know, lack of air or 
warmth in the the theater. I just feel like it was really difficult to keep up with this. Am I going to review The Greatest Beer Run? And it has some, you know, it's also set in the same time period. Um, I, I just found this too overcomplicated. I think it's just too precious. Yeah, it kind of collapses under the weight of its own ambitions and dialogue. And I think, again, you know, it, it was so darn talky that, and I think there were very, lots of, very, very talky. And I think, and, the, the and pro- I like pro- talky movies, but go on, yeah. Well, no, I mean, uh, you know, <laughs> I think the challenge for me is that um, a lot of the story was was buried in the dialogue, and I didn't catch the dialogue, and I couldn't catch who they were referring to sometimes because it didn't introduce the characters well enough at times, and so. By the time I was a third of the way through, I'd lost interest. Not because it wasn't interesting, but because there was too much for my poor brain to kind of deal with. And so that's that's when you veer into snooze territory. It's like I'm I'm seeing this audio visual experience in front of me, but I don't know what's going on, and I can't. I, I despite my best efforts, I I can't find something to latch on to become interested in and care for. Which is kind of a shame because, you know, the movie's ultimate message is, you know, protect kindness and love is all that matters and all of that. But really the pathway, I think he wrote the script thinking it would be clever, you know, to take that long to get where it wanted to. But it just, it works against the movie's uh, best interest because it, you know, you're, you're, it's too much of an ask from the audience to kind of keep up and then eventually, I, I like you, I wouldn't mind seeing the same movie that the last 10 minutes of this was, you know, if the whole movie was like that. But it just is unnecessarily tortured. And, you know, uh, yeah. there's all this flashbacks back and forth and, you know, three months before and 10 years ago. And I, I just lost track after tra- track after a while. And I hate to say this, but because I know he's such a fine actor, but uh, John David Washington just you know, he's he's the weak link. I mean, the three of them, Christian Bale, Margot Robbie, and John David Washington are supposed to be this, you know, uh, they're a trio who are, are inseparable and, you know, the story kind of revolves around them, but he seemed to me the weakest link. Margot Robbie is great. Uh, Christian Bale is very good too. I mean, I think he's the only one who's trying really hard, but I, you know, I think the script just is unnecessarily convoluted. And I also thought at many times it was going for... I, Wes Anderson kept coming to my mind. Me it was too. going for a oh. visual look, me a Wes too, Anderson look. It was very twee. It was very, very twee. Um, I, and it definitely thinks it's more witty than it is. It's, yes. it's not. It's yeah. not funny either. Mm. I mean, and I like Christian Bell, but I couldn't get the tone of the movie. And then there's this whole convoluted plot with Rami Malik and Anya Taylor-Joy and... Margot Robbie and it's just it's it's so complicated I mean I think they're all playing in a different movie they think they're playing in a comedy and they're actually not playing in a comedy it's actually a a little bit dull in fact it's very dull the 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 comedic bits of it are they're misplaced because you're right this this ultimately what what, what's underneath all of this is is very serious and it, it, it asks it talks about something that I haven't done any fact-finding, but if it's to be believed, um, we had a, a very pivotal moment in U.S. history where um, some very powerful forces could have changed the mm-hmm. way that 
the US participated in World War Two, or at least the way it was perceived. So, um, yeah, I, I think... But that's the fi- last 10 minutes of the movie. Right? But I think that's ultimately what it's trying to get, get, to, get, it, yeah. get to. That That's ultimately what it's about, right? Uh, except it didn't, it didn't get there had all this but did did Christian Bale need to have a glass eye and did he have to right. go to Amsterdam where somebody presented him with a box of 12 glass eyes so that's what I mean it's so precious <laughs> it's going for it's it's going for this quirkiness which it seems unearned it, it didn't settle yeah. for me yeah I mean there's a murder scene uh, that happens right in front of our eyes and it's almost played for laughs yeah. like the way that it delivers it is shocking but it, it it's done in kind of a a, a joke Right, fashion, right? Like the, it, 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 it hits you with such violence mm-hmm. in the moment that the natural response is to kind of laugh at the ridiculousness of how we weren't set up for that at all. It's just like boom, somebody is murdered in front of your eyes, and and you know, then you're, you're you know, you. I, I don't know. It didn't have to be done that way. Like well, and it felt like a plot device. It didn't make sense. The rest of the story follows on from that mm-hmm. murder, but. It doesn't make about sense. The car? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, okay. But it doesn't make sense because the story is already ongoing. So he's yeah. playing with a time sequence, a la Chris Nolan, but not quite. But um, it, it's just it's bizarre. It doesn't it doesn't make sense. And you know he's made wonderful movies before, at least at least a couple really yeah. bona fide classics. So it's not like he's not capable. I of loved it. American I Hustle. And the Fighter. I love the Fighter. Yes. Uh, you know he's made a lot of good movies but and Joy I know which you liked a lot oh that's right Joy was uh, David Russell. so but I don't know um, I, yeah I mean the craft is exceptional the costumes look great um, you know people are singing songs why did the three of them there's like three songs it's there's, too precious it was too, too precious, precious when they started singing songs in <laughs> French right why were they singing French songs I know was, <laughs> anyway I mean I think maybe maybe we underestimate what Woody Allen in his heyday was able to pull off or somebody else this one just it yeah. it all lands with a thud so anyway I don't want to butcher this movie anymore it was not for me at all I give it four out of ten Whoa, which is very that- very generous Whoa, you actually yeah. never goes that low. I know, I Goodness love it. Me. I love it. We I, have a 10-point scale. I just want to grab all of these actors and put them in a much better movie. Yeah. Joe? Yeah, yeah, I'm sitting between a four and a five. I'm going to go with a four as well. Um, it's um, it's it's frustrating. Yeah, you, yeah, you have this much talent, budget, and 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 importance of story uh, that, that just kind of completely fails. And I think the thing that's going to, really irk me about this movie is that it, it'll get a golden globe or something like that towards the end of the year because of its cast um or it'll get some kind of a nomination towards the oscars because it's it's very hollywood right it's very mm-hmm. it's so, a star a minute literally it is literally a star so it has it'll just just by virtue of the fact so many people are in it i'm sure it's going to get some kind of recognition and it deserves none so grr, in advance did you give a score yeah. yeah. Oh, you said four. four yeah. Okay, I wasn't sure. Yes. Uh, Amsterdam, no thanks. Um, three. I'm going to give it a three. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I don't want people to see this. I don't want it to get any any attention. I think it was not good. It's not good. It, all of it's us fell good. asleep. I, all three of us fell asleep in this movie. I slept for half an hour. 
<laughs> I must have slept for half an but hour. Joe says I slept thing. for a good 15 minutes. <laughs> but here's the thing. I don't think I you missed miss anything. Much. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I, I think ultimately this movie can dispense with its first, you know, two hours and the last 15 minutes. Uh, I'll tell you all you need to know. This seldom happens to me unless I'm jet lagged. And I think the only reason why I fell asleep, well, other than it being pretty warm in there, is because... It was I had a bad a, movie. It was a bad movie, but I had a really hard time telling, because a lot of people are talking all the time in the first hour and a half. Yeah. I had a really hard time. My brain was working overtime trying to figure out how much of this is frill and how much of this information is critical to the plot. Because there's so much frill, there's so yes. much, you know, quirkiness and people making side jokes and all that. And I'm like, information overload, like what am I supposed to pay attention to? And then I just gave up. I'm like, none of this is worthy of paying attention to. I give up. <laughs> Let so. me have a snooze instead. And then I had a snooze, yeah. <laughs> anyway. All right. Enough uh, about Amsterdam. Let's move on to something um, else, which is the greatest beer run ever. So, Yazdi, are you telling us about this? Yes, I am. So, right. this is directed, uh, uh, surprisingly, by Peter Ferrelli. That Peter Ferrelli who directed Dumb and Dumber, There's Something About Mary, Me, Myself and Irene, Shell or Hal, Fever Pitch. Um, and then that same, you know, Peter Ferrelli... Uh, suddenly kind of burst into a lot of prestige with his last movie, which was The Green Book, for which he improbably, shall I say, at the, you know, at the risk of people <laughs> hating me, improbably won two Oscars for yeah. Best Film and Best Screenplay for The Green Book. And after winning those two Oscars, uh, the next movie that he's made is the one that we are going to talk about, which is the greatest beer run ever. Uh, this one is also uh, a period piece set at the same time in U.S. history around, uh, you know, the, uh, what is it, the, uh, the 50s uh, on, on the East Coast. And um, uh, it's also based on a true story, and uh, which is, you know, which was the basis for a book. And um, uh, the writers for the, uh, for the movie are... Uh, Brian Hayes Curry and Pete Jones, I believe, who wrote the book on Witch's Space. It's a real-life story. And Peter Ferrelli also gets uh, writing credit. And uh, this particular movie speaks about um, uh, a man who left New York City in 1967. So it's not the 50s, it's the 60s, sorry. To bring beer to his childhood buddies in the army while they're fighting in Vietnam. So this is the story of a man who literally put you know, I don't know, 50, 60 cans of U.S. beer in a, in a big rucksack and went over to Vietnam and went from, you know, soldier to soldier trying to find his friends and share his beers with them. Uh, the movie stars Zac Efron, Russell Crowe, Bill Murray is here uh, because, you know, uh, uh, Ferrellis have worked with Bill Murray before. Uh, and then... Uh, uh, you know, many other actors, uh, but those were the lead, those were the main ones, Bill Murray, Russell Crowe, and Zac Efron. So, does uh, Mr. Ferrelli retain his golden sheen from his Oscar win for The Green Book, or is it down, down, down? So, look, there's a lot of problems with this movie. It's not the greatest um, movie ever, but it's got its heart in the right place. And I admire that it's trying to tell an alternative war story about the Vietnam War, which we've seen done many, 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 many times, right? We've seen mm -hmm. these 
Vietnam War movies, these epic dramas, you know, there's documentaries. And I like that it's viewing it through a different lens, which is this this guy who's very pro-government, I won't say pro-war, but very pro-government, who basically takes it upon himself to maybe inject a bit of joy to the the boys from the neighborhood. So it's got its heart in the right place. Um, but, but you know, it, it doesn't quite deliver. But, but I liked it. It's entertaining. Zac Efron is working so hard. I think Russell Crowe is so miscast. I don't understand his role. But it's, it's sweet. It's sweet. It's trying to do a good job of presenting facts in just maybe through a different lens. Yeah, I mean, I think ultimately what the movie's trying to do is demonstrate a kind of peeling back of ignorance mm-hmm. as of of kind of what we, you know, we may look at a war uh, from our shores with our own perspectives and our own very myopic kind of, um, especially here in the US, right? You know, we live, we live very far away from where many wars are fought. You know, the US, as a, as a consequence of geography, um, is you know fortunately um on a different continent to the european wars and the asian wars and so you know despite the fact that you uh, the us is involved in many of these they're not they're not on our shores and so that that story of somebody who he's he's you know very he's got his eyes blinkered in terms of what what war is and uh, he he is against the anti-war protest he's unenlightened it works really well i think the biggest thing in the movie's favor is that it, it is going to be a streaming movie um i think uh, as, as as a result it it gets away with being a little bit more casual in its delivery of uh its story i quite liked it I struggled through the initial part of the movie, if I'm honest, because I didn't get where it was going or what it was going to be about. But once we kind of settled into, um, you know, Chicky's arrival in, in Vietnam and, and the way that the, the his eyes are slowly kind of opened to the realities of war, uh, I, I got the movie. It always had kind of a, a goofy touch to it, but it, 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 was still, it was still effective enough for me to, to you know, to, to enjoy yeah, maybe I was having a bad week. I didn't. I didn't care. If, I didn't like this movie at all. I, I, I fully agree with you, Rashmi. Its heart is in the right place, and I know what it's trying to do. But I think the script is just so awful. Um, it's so you know. This is the thing, right? You can be watching a single camera show on TV, right, for thirty minutes, or you could be watching an epic movie in the cinema. At some point, we are suspending disbelief and believing it, right? I never believed this movie. I never believed the moviness of it. It just all felt fake from start to finish. And it's hard to do this because, and and I recognize that a lot of effort has been put together to create a credible Vietnam in the 60s. And, you know, it probably is shot on location or whatever. But I, I felt like... It was a fancy dress party where these people were just dressing up and he had a mustache and they were just talking. And I think <laughs> it never got, it never kind of took, you know, lifted off for me. I will not fault the movie. These, you know, Zac Efron, again, he's working very hard. I've never seen him very work hard. this hard in a movie yes. with a very unfortunate mustache, but it's based on a, <laughs> it, on a true story. So, I mean, I, 
you know, and there were little things in the movie, like, I don't know, if he had a hundred beer cans, you know, that gets very heavy. And he was carrying, I was thinking, he was, was carrying saying, that bag around, like, you it know, it was like Mary Poppins' bag. <laughs> yeah. Every time he put his hand in, like, you know, infinite beers came out. Exactly. I'm like, infinite beers kept coming out. I want that bag. <laughs> I want that yeah. bag too. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't want to be too, uh, you know, I don't want to poop on this movie too much, but it, it didn't work for me. Uh, much at all there's there's one there's one scene where somebody asks him to write down his name and address on a piece of paper and he literally scribbles he li- i mean i don't know if anybody noticed yeah. i noticed he that just, too. He, like, he just did yeah. he just did two wiggly lines and it's one single take it's like you're you're expecting me to believe that you wrote your whole name and address that like, he literally does two squiggles and he's like here's my name and well, address we shouldn't notice things like that <laughs> exactly. right? but it's very evident and so, the other it takes thing me I longer felt, to sign a check at a restaurant right yeah, i felt also like he was much older yes. in comparison to the young Same, soldiers. Yeah, yeah. I felt like he was, again, he's working really hard, but he's miscast. All yeah. the other people around him are miscast. He's not, he doesn't play that young anymore. So all the soldiers he visited, yeah. I think they were very, they were very well cast, Correct. but he almost seems like, you know, their father or not, maybe not their father, but at least a good 10 years older than them. So it, I found it hard to believe that, these people he was taking the beers to were his peers, right? So, but that's that's a costing thing. Um, yeah, Bill Murray is kind of, I don't know what he was doing. And I, I understand that the point of the movie is that there are people who blindly believe in in the value of war and protecting your ideals and that some things are worth fighting for. And the entire movie is really kind of a coming of age and learning about you know, getting cynical about war and, and the motives of war. And, you know, he comes from a place where he comes from a family which they believe you protect your country at any cost. And the whole movie is about his eventual transformation, which happens so slowly. And yes, eventually he finds out war is not good. Guess what? But again, I don't want to be sounding so un, in general, ungenerous, but... Yeah, I mean, I, I okay, I'll, I'll just say it's, it's going to be streaming on Apple TV. If you have nothing better to do, you should watch it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think the reason I kind of went on its journey ultimately was the fact that the title card at the beginning that said this is, you know, based on a true story mm-hmm. um, was absolutely fascinating to me that anyone could have done this, right? But at the same time, the movie did allow me to believe in how the events could have arisen, right? So, you know, he's, he's in civilian clothing. So, you know, when he walks into a military, like, no, there's no one in civilian clothing on a military base. And so, you know, back in the day before electronic IDs and things like that, you know, the fact that he could bluff his way through as uh, some kind of a CIA op- op- operative really made me giggle. But I also believed that with enough conviction, somebody could do that. And so I, 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 I kind of saw the irony and the, the, the funny side of, of that and thought that, um, you know, the, the fact that he could find himself in a, in a war zone. Yeah, and I think it's also legitimized by the fact that he has a valid reason to get over there. Sure. Which is, you know, on a merchant ship. And he has had some military training, so he understands how to conduct himself in a way around military people. I mean, but, as but it just, 
I mean, yeah. again, if this wasn't a true story, we'd be going like, this exactly. is bonkers. This but is this ridiculous. Is what, right? So yeah. my thing is, I would have said this is nonsense. This would have never happened. But the fact that it is based on something that happened, so I have to kind of accept it. I don't know how much poetic license <laughs> the movie has taken from what actually Probably happened. Probably plenty. But yeah, it, d it did seem remarkable that he had no plan, nothing, and he just kind of traveled all around Vietnam, seemingly. I, I had kind of the, the Hacksaw Ridge moment. Do you remember that movie from a couple of years yeah. ago? Yeah, Andrew yeah, yeah, Garfield, yeah. where, you know, he he's an anti-war guy and will not right. carry a gun, but somehow, you know, in that movie, there's a there's kind of a religious undertone in terms of, of why he didn't, uh, you know, come a cropper by walking into these very dangerous... I had that kind of same uh, mm. sense for, for this character who got himself into an enormously dangerous situation multiple times, you know, based on the fact that you don't enter a war zone without, you know, encountering danger. And so, you know, he had that kind of Teflon nature. And the movie plays with that, you know, there's a line in the movie where, you know, they, they, they describe him as being too dumb to get shot. Yeah. Which, which actually made made me smile and giggle. So I don't know. I I feel like the movie was 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 effective enough. You know, it took me on its journey once once it once we got there. Yeah, um, yeah. I think it could have. There's so many things that I I, I would have I, I would change if I if I was at the helm of this movie in terms of it, it its tone and and pacing and. The, you know, sharpen pencils a little bit on dialogue, but um, dialogue but here's the bad. thing: it didn't make us fall asleep. <laughs> right? I mean, well, that shouldn't be our. No, I know. That's not our bar. No, no, I, no. Bar. I know, I know. Yes, I'm just but saying. Yeah, but if yes. you think about this movie in comparison to um, Amsterdam, and I, and again, I think both are trying to hone in on the faults of the of, of Americans, right? Mm. So again, there's this powerful scene where he's watching an American tanker come by and shoot the wall of the American embassy in Vietnam which later we find out, you know, um, the propaganda around it was that the Vietnamese, the, enemy, the, right. the Viet Cong, um, attacked attack the, attack the embassy, right? Yeah. So I love the way that it's kind of playing with, again, holding the mirror up to, to ourselves as a nation. That's very clever. But it gets lost when you see a fat Russell Crowe running around with a camera <laughs> trying like to Russell take pictures. Crow. I know, but it just, he's, it's such an anomaly to see, again, uh, 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 and I don't want to be like fattest, I'm just saying, I, he was so unbelievable as a journalist, as a photojournalist to me. He, he, did, he, did, he did seem to be taking I mean, a lot of photos like, of, at inopportune times. Correct, it just seems so weird that he was like, this building is falling. Here, let me take a photo. Yeah, or like someone's been <laughs> but, shot in the street. I, I guess that's a what a photojournalist no, is supposed to do. He just didn't have the physique say. of a photojournalist who should be running around. How many photojournalists do you know? <laughs> and just the fact that he happened to just have two cameras makes him a photojournalist. It was too play. It was too play acting. That, this he, is he what a, I meant. Yeah, the whole yeah, movie is yeah, like that. Yeah. He had a Nikon with a rangefinder lens. I was impressed by that. <laughs> I know. I thought you would be. I can sum this one up. Um... It's not the greatest film ever, which is what I said at the beginning. It's hearts in the right place. If you have interest in seeing Zac Efron doing a good job acting, then you should watch this. I'm going to give it a four out of ten. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to poop on this movie more than I have. I think it's the very, very, very Disneyfied version of probably what ha actually happened to the point of you know, very serious movie about war being played for laughs often. I would love to see like what 
Oliver Stone or even a David Fincher might have done with the story. I would have, I would love to see what if this was. I think if this was, if the dialogue was better, it would have been significantly elevated because at any point I just didn't believe that this was actually happening. I thought these are all actors coming in front of the camera and speaking their dialogue and going away. Um, oh gosh. I was going to give it a four out of 10, the same as Amsterdam, but that would not be fair. That's, that's a disservice. I'll give it a five out of 10. It's, it's a little bit better than that. <laughs> wow. Um, but, but I don't think it works. It, it never reeled me in. I, and I know exactly what it was doing. It has a good heart. I'll say that. And I'll say foo-foo to the two of you <laughs> because I, I, overall, I think I enjoyed this movie. Um, you know, it, it has its faults, but I think it got its message across really well. Uh, you know, I think the, you know, the, the unpleasant nature of war, the, the way that war stories and propaganda work, um, and the slowly, you know, the, 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 the main, the Zac Efron, Zac Efron worked really hard in this, and I did believe his, his, his ultimate destination of you know he, he he came out of the movie as much less naive so i'm going to give this a seven out of ten mm. um it's 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 apple tv it's five bucks a month on streaming if you just got apple tv for a month and watched this for five bucks i don't think you'd feel too hard done by but um again the movie worked for me um even though it's not a classic <laughs> yeah there's there are there are some good scenes which somehow you know it, it has a charm to it somehow yeah and 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 that's what I enjoyed I think ultimately you know here's this guy that's just you know run from foxhole to foxhole and he's handing out beers to guys that 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 moment like from his cornucopia of a bag <laughs> I know but <laughs> beers keep coming did, yeah, yeah did you not feel a warm and fuzzy moment that these guys who were under fire in Vietnam were in a foxhole with this idiot who hands him a beer and I don't know, there was something very endearing to me about sure. moments like that. And the moment, the movie had many moments like that. For example, you know, the, the, the scribbled note, right? <laughs> yeah. There's turned a into a moment later on, which really emotionally affected me. So I, I think it did its job. <laughs> There's a wordless scene in, in the second half of the movie where he's running through the jungles and he runs yeah. across this little girl yeah and the little girl is because you know war treats war makes you believe that the other person is the enemy and he's going to try to kill you and this little girl is just just paralyzed out of fear just by seeing zach afron and zach zach afron means no harm but that girl just starts crying until her mom comes out from the bushes and grabs her and runs away you know, there's so there there are little scenes like that which kind of I wish they had. You know, there were more of that because that kind of grounded the movie more. I love that scene about yeah. at, at the that. compound of the uh, embassy, the American embassy in in Saigon, and and so forth. Yeah. I mean, that that scene was very much channeling the the very famous Vietnam War photo of yeah. that. Uh, I think I, I just googled it here, but the Fan Thi Kim. Hook, um, picture, mm. the girl in the picture, the napalm girl, I think is, is the Pulitzer winning part. It very much channeled that mm -hmm. moment because you, you absolutely saw the terror. And I th again, I think the movie did its job. I'm going to defend this one. Seven out of 10, boo to you. <laughs> yeah, I think Peter Farrelly should make silly gross out movies. I, I think yes. he's reaching too high. Yeah. Oh, he should reach as high as he wants, but I think his no, skills kind of may be, may be limiting him from like doing justice. I feel like this a little bit of a rewrite 
bit of tone no, correction. I, w- I would love to have seen this material in more accomplished hands. I agree. Yeah. I agree. But, I can't defend but that. But nobody can deny that it's very, very, very well-meaning. Yeah. And Zac Efron yes. bust his ass. Yeah, he's working really, really, really hard. Yeah. I mean, it's worth seeing it just for him. And I kept thinking, what an impossibly handsome, beautiful man. Like, it's really hard for him. Like, I feel sorry for him. As a soul or as a... As an actor, like okay. he's beautiful to look at and it's hard to get him all roughed up and take him seriously, I think. So that's why I think they put that ridiculous moustache on him because otherwise he's just this very... I think they put the moustache... Uh, yeah, I don't know. Why, because probably the actual guy the in real life had yeah. a moustache, but I don't know, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I think we're done. Yes. Indeed we are. Let's wrap things up. Um, again, thank you for listening. You can find us at uh, moviewallows.com, mail at moviewallows.com for emails if you would like to email us. Although um, I think something may be wrong with that mailbox. Um, so, um, I'll have Don't to email us. <laughs> maybe maybe Instagram or Facebook is, uh, is a more reliable way because spam filters get the better of us, um, as I discovered a few weeks ago when I checked the mail at moviewallows.com box. Um, anyhow, um, technical issues aside... Do reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Instagram, uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter, sort of. Uh, we, um, we're around. So until our next podcast, which will probably be hopefully not too, too long from now. Too many movies, too little time. A goodbye from, a goodbye from me. And me. And me as well. 